And welcome to Dr. Talk. I am Buzz Eisenberg. Bill Newman is not with us today. He's with his family, which is a good place to be. But who is with us today is the executive director, Claire Higgins, of Community Action Pioneer Valley, the indispensable leader of an indispensable agency. And I just have to ask you, Claire Higgins, could you do us a favor and time travel with us? Take us back to 1964 and what was going on at that time? I'll do my best. Uh, good morning. Um, so, and 64 has been on my mind because so much happened then, right? In 1964, it was the year right after John F. Kennedy had been assassinated. Lyndon Johnson became the president. Um, John F. Kennedy had an interest in public service and had an interest in poverty. And LBJ had a deep and abiding interest in the issue of poverty because he grew up poor. And um, if you want to read an extremely long history of LBJ, I highly recommend um, Robert Caro's five-volume book on, on JFK. Eye-opening. Um, I think it's four and the fifth is coming. Um, anyway, um, so when he... He, he had two things on his mind going into 1964. One was civil rights, and one was poverty. And he had a deep issue, a deep investment in both. Martin Luther King and the poor people, uh, the civil rights movement as it, as it grew in, in, was demanding civil rights for people of color and um, because of the horrific situation with voting in the South that we almost are seeing again, right? Like the history echoes. But, um, and then LBJ saw economic security as a key thing that people needed. And he actually declared a war on he poverty. He declared a war on poverty. And, you know, in retrospect, I think declaring war on anything is not a great idea, even if it's poverty or drugs, because it makes it, a, it changes the tenor of the discussion. Yet, Yet that's what he did, right? And the other thing he did was he hired Sergeant Shriver to lead the office that was central for the thinking about the war on poverty, the Office of Economic Opportunity, um, which is now known as the Con Community Services Division or something. Office of Economic Opportunity spoke to what they wanted. They wanted economic opportunity for all, right? And out of that grew an enormous number of programs, um, uh, Head Start, um, some of the uh, uh, work study in colleges, youth programming. Uh, that was the beginning of thinking about universal health care, at least for poor people and the seniors, Medicare, Medicaid, not. It, the, other folks still had depended on the private side of things. And, you know, Obama, Obamacare came a lot way to completing that dream, although we're still not quite all the way there. But all of that stuff was on the table. The I, I remember CETA, the Comprehensive Employment that, Training And that Act. came a little bit later, but it grew out of those earlier workforce ish, um, programs that especially focused, again, on youth. Um, there was an overriding sentiment that no one in a country as rich with resources and potential as the United States of America should be starving. That's Should correct. live right. in poverty. And there was a sort of... I long for the days when, once again, there was a, a sort of agreement among people that that is a noble and 
reachable aspiration. That's well, and I, I think LB, I'm going to para, paraphrase something that Lyndon Baines Johnson said. He said it's that in a land so full of wealth that people should not be living in poverty. And he he didn't. That's not quite the way he said it, but that's that was the message that he sent, right? So, um, and the and the programs that the war in poverty in, uh, started actually. And from 64 to 68, poverty actually went down in this country. So people say, well, you declared war on poverty. We still have poverty, so it failed. No, it actually went down. What happened was the political landscape changed, right? So, and one of those programs near and dear to my heart is uh, community action. So Here we uh, are. And so we're approaching, this year is the 60th anniversary of community action agencies across the country. And this is the year across the country that people were coming together in cities and towns and counties to say, we want a community action grant in our community. We are going to create a community action agency in our community. So, uh, and this was actually not a, this wasn't an LBJ thing. This was a Sergeant Shriver thing. He came out of working in the Peace Corps. He was the founding director of the Peace Corps under LBJ, I mean, under JFK. So he came in and said, I want to have something that's about looking at communities and finding the needs in communities and working collaboratively to solve those problems. A program of community action is what he said. So community action director, uh, Claire Higgins, how does what we have now compare to the model that Sergeant Shriver and LBJ and those who conceived of this anti-poverty agency, how does it compare to what that conception was back that's, that's a really good question. And across the country, every community action agency looked different because you, you know, you petition based on your, some geographic area. So at one point in o- Oakland, the Panthers took over the, the community action agency. They were elected to the board and they started the free pro- breakfast program there. Okay, so in parts of Manhattan, in, in, in New York City where there were community action agencies, there were rent strikes and there were other kinds of um, Appalachia probably uh, looked a little different. different. Every part of the war on poverty work looked different depending on where the community was. In Franklin and Hampshire County, um, Hampshire County petitioned as an entire county, and Franklin County petitioned as an entire county. So for many years, we had an agency in Hampshire County and an agency in Franklin County. Both of them uh, worked with the other programs that came out of the war on poverty. Um, both ran Head Start. We still run Head Start. That was a kind of a cornerstone of the anti-poverty work that um, children needed a Head Start if they were living in poverty. And parents needed that kind of parent support if you were living in poverty, right? Both of them did work on on food insecurity in various different ways. Um, I remember well, I, I represented the Franklin County uh, community action, and there was a great collaboration with Franklin County Home Care, which worked with elders and delivering right. food to elders. And but there was this collaborative. Uh, That's right. Effort. And over the years, there's things that community action agencies helped plant the seeds for, and then they went off and became their own thing. And there's a long list of those things that I'm not going to go through, but you see them in this county, you see them in Franklin County, you see them in Hampshire County, where we're sitting in this moment, in Franklin County, and you see them across the country. Right. So. Um, but we still run employment programs for youth. We re- still run programs to help people with nutrition. We still think about um, we, we still are in the early education and care and Head Start 
uh, business, working with families. Well, there was I was looking at an old article that talked about mother's education. Uh, okay, now we talk about parent education, but we still run a we run a family center that does uh, parents uh, support. They, and education. they don't come with instruction and guides, they, right? right? Those babies just come out, and you're like, okay, which now end? what do I do? Now what do I do? Right. So um. And, of course, your fuel assistance program. Well, and so that's an interesting one, too. Fuel assistance wasn't a part of the 64 to, to, to 72 push on, on um, in community action. So one thing happened in there. So remember, from 64 to 68 was sort of the, the blooming years of community action. Who gets elected in 1968? For, uh, Richard Nixon. You, you are... A very smart, smart I'm an man. historian. Yes, yeah, you right. are. Yes, you are. I don't think you were allowed to say his name out loud and at the <laughs> dinner table in my house growing up. But, um, but uh, yeah, Richard Nixon got elected, and he changed a lot of what we see as a, 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 of what community action was for the first number of years. He changed a lot of that whole kind of office of economic opportunity and thinking about that stuff differently than anybody had before. He kind of reined it in in some ways um, but and as you may remember that he put together a lot of block grants to, to send money to states and then the states um, would would dole the money out at the state level as opposed to the federal agencies at some point in there I'm like I can't quite remember which year community action agency money which used to come directly from the feds went through the state and then down to the local agencies so that changed sort of the oversight and so on um so I just, and I know you're probably going to have to cut for an ad because media is not free. Am I right? We we have a good four or five minutes, yeah. Four to five minutes, all yeah. right. Good. Four or five. Four or five. Not 45. You give her a finger. Well, well I wanted to say, go ahead. I, I wanted to say something nice about Nixon. I mean, I've heard, I mean, I, I know, can you it's believe okay. it? It's okay. Ready? Ready? Retrospect. Retrospect? Oh, my God, it's great. Who, who created the EPA? EPA? Clean Water Act, Clean Air Act. Nixon. I mean, it was all him pushing Nixon. through it. Excuse I mean, me. Sorry. Congress. Okay, it was Congress, and he signed I, it. He didn't oppose it. Here's a, here's a fun fact from the Nixon era. Tell me. Section 8, brought to you by George Romney. Wow. The Section 8 program. Well, politics has governor. really changed since that era. <laughs> well, and George Romney was once governor of Michigan where mm-hmm. you had to deal with the harsher effects, consequences, including riots yeah. for people who were, didn't have a place to live. Right, yeah. right. Um, he, Nixon was, in retrospect... A moderate Republican? Uh, 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 what, what we used to think of as, oh, this is what Republicans are, right? He looks like... And now we're look, longing for those. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as so, long as you can avoid Vietnam, right? I mean, there's well, that. And, and yeah, uh, but you know, it wasn't well, Nixon. That, uh, that wasn't Nixon. That was LBJ. And that was LBJ. But, but the surge. I mean, Nixon did, you know, expand the war and promise to get out, and so he, and then he bombed the regional. I mean, he was it's a lot there we could take. I but, love live radio because you hear two people who remember this era and one who's read a lot about it. <laughs> <laughs> but am we, I wrong? <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> well, it's a longer conversation, but right now, what I want to do is I want to go back. I, I just I want to recommend to our friends uh, 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 that to read the three volumes of Rick Perlstein's, um, uh, you know, from Goldwater to Reagan, which is a, it, there are three volumes that kind of run through all that history, and it's fascinating to see that's the birth of the modern Republican Party. But what I want to do is focus on a particular it, history, which is if we rewind the tape. 
60 years ago. And in particular, something happens 59 years ago. And so your agency was born. So two agencies were born in our valley. Community Action Pioneer Valley is the merger of those two agencies, the, the, um, the coming together of those two agencies. So Hampshire Community Action Commission and Franklin Community Action Council, yeah. I think it was. It was in oh. commission. Um, I don't know. I remember it as Franklin County Community Action. Uh, yeah. Franklin County, uh, yeah, that, that mean, it was FCAC, whatever that, that yeah. stood for, right? That's right. Um, and uh, in 2006... Oh, well, maybe it was Franklin County Action Commission. It might have been. You're yeah. right, it was. Um, so what, what happened was Hampshire County Community Action ran into some challenges fi financially. The state said, we're going to put the designation for Hampshire County out to bid, and I'm very grateful that then-director Jane Sanders, a beloved director of Franklin um, mm. Community Action, uh, took on Hampshire Community Action Commission and, and uh, brought it into the fold, and so now we're a two-county agency. There's also, a, uh, a, right in our region, there's a Berkshire Community Action Council. I think that's their council, Valley Opportunity Council in... Holyoke, Chicopee, and I think they might have Ludlow in their service area, but they serve a lot of Hamden County, and then Springfield, um, Partners for Community Action, which is uh, primarily Springfield. So, Well, uh, this look back is really a look at present and a look at the future. When we come back, I want to ask Executive Director Claire Higgins of Community Action Pioneer Valley, I, I want to ask her about, well, our goal is to eradicate poverty. It's been that way for six decades uh, we all know we're not doing as well as we want to, but how we choose our priorities, what programs are the most effective to change people's lives for the better here in our region. We'll be right back with Claire Higgins right after this. You're, you're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. And we're back talking to Claire Higgins, the executive director of, uh, of Community Action here in the Pioneer Valley in Hampshire and Franklin County. And we are, uh, well, we're looking back. We're standing on the shoulders of those who came before us, and we're seeing with a better perspective how community action came to be and how the war on poverty was born out of aspirations that I think all of us should share. Anyone who cares about a rich, diverse community, really believes in pluralism, uh, eradication of the harsher impact of Poverty ought to be one of your priorities. It certainly is for Claire Higgins. So, Claire, um, coming back, community action today, um, could, you, could you give us a, a focus on what it does and how you choose which areas of impact of poverty the community action should undertake to help with? Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say at the beginning, community action agencies didn't have a lot of other partners in this work. It was before Section 8 and the growth of the nonprofit housing world. It was when housing to many people was still affordable, so it looked different, right? Um, over the time, we've taken on some projects that um, made sense. So, for instance, fuel assistance, typically across the country, it's known as low-income heating the heat, low income heating assistance program. Um, many of the community, 2,300 community action agencies across the country do that, and many of us also do weatherization. 2,300 out of how many? Uh, many uh, that's the number of community action agencies. Oh, it agencies. is. So they all do that. 
so most of them all do fuel assistance. Not everyone, but most of them. We also mostly most of us do something, you know, do weatherization or heating, uh, heating, um, uh, making sure the lie heap, the fuel assistance installer goes further because you're also buttoning up the house and making sure that the house is is um, safe and and weatherproof. Um, some do home repair. That's an area that we're increasingly looking at in terms of and and in that space in terms of. Um, Safe and healthy homes is beyond just the heat and the and the weatherization, but it also could be a ramp. It could be a, a, a some roof repairs, any number of things. So we're doing more of that. That's true across the country. Various people do that. Some are directly in housing. Some are we support people um, through our work on the COC and other things that we do. But COC the continuum of care, which is a whole different. You know, the people that are doing the point of count in time count for homeless people right now are the COC. Mm-hmm. So to find out how many homeless people live in the country, right, or, um, to the best we can. Different people do different things. Some do Head Start, some don't. Some do Early Ed, some don't. Some do Family Support. It's because it's driven by a needs assessment that we do every three years. And out of that needs assessment, we to develop a plan to see what we think is necessary in the next couple of years. We also, I'll be honest, are driven by what money is available at any given time. So it, does it fit in with our portfolio programs? And then we'll apply for that, those dollars. So we do a lot of work with youth and youth um, empowerment, youth um, employment, but also youth advocacy. We have youth helping us think about what makes sense to, to be engaged in. Um, our boards are unique in terms of nonprofit boards. Community action agencies are required to have one-third of the board uh, be appointed by elected officials. Ours are primarily appointed by state elected officials. One-third are appointed by, are are identified by the board and and elected on by the board, and they have expertise that is necessary for a high-functioning board, so finance, legal, early childhood education. We always like to have somebody who's been a Head Start parent, and we do that in a couple of different ways, and I'm going to get to that. And then the third sector is people um, representing the low-income community. And so we run an election every three years. People nominate themselves, and we run an election th- through our clients to appoint people with lived experience to our board. I, I, I will tell you, as someone who was on the legal aid board, back then it was Western Mass Legal Services. It's now community legal aid. Uh, I was on that board for 25 years, as was Bill Newman, uh, my co-host here, and um, including as its president. Each right. of us. And we had a requirement that one-third of our board be client-eligible people, financially eligible for the right. services, right. the agent. What a gift it was to be able to hear from the people who actually are impacted. Because uh, in order to set policy, if you don't have those voices, uh, you know, you're just, uh, you're just spitting in the wind. It was... Mm-hmm. And I think it was Sergeant Schreiber, I could be wrong, who brought that idea out of maximum feasible part participation for people living with low incomes to have a say in what's going on in the, in the programs that are are going to be helping them and identifying whether or not they're really helping them. So, Claire Higgins, I have to ask you this question, and, and it's not to get a sappy answer. Uh, you have spent your career from when you were a child care provider to mayor of Northampton, now as executive director. You've been focused on trying to make a more equitable life for everyone in the community. A lot of people think of that as just a sort of compassionate endeavor. We're just doing it for them. I always hear, and I truly believe, that we're doing it for us. 
a, a robust community yeah. is a community that is filled with diversity and different perspectives. I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. I, I appreciate that. I, I absolutely agree. Um, I, I believe in communities where people of all incomes can live, where, where, uh, where children can be born and raised in a community and go to that same school system, and that gives them the kind of stability they need to launch themselves into adulthood. I, I had a, an experience last night when I went out to dinner and the young person who awaited on me and a few other people, we knew him from the community. He was a daycare kid. He was a, a, a kid who went to the public school system. He is now in our community. The, those kinds of long-term relationships and that kind of stability is, is huge for, for children and families, right? And for, you know, for Northampton wasn't my place that I was born, but it's my, been my home for, you know, 40 years. And it's a place that's brought me incredible stability and the relationships that I've de developed here over time are what enriches our lives. That those kind of relationships that are intergenerational, that have nothing to do with your income, those, those you know, that is what... Life really isn't about checking your bank balance every month. It's really about the... the, the the people that fill your cup, right? Right, and we, 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 we tend to engage in this kind of myopia that, oh, our life is, uh, our way of living life is the only way to live life. That's and the more we see other people that live life in the same community in a different kind of way, the more it's enriching for us. The thing I'm so proud of about a number of our communities in the Valley is how they, they welcome people with living with lower incomes into the community. There's not a giant fight. There might be a fight about the zoning a little bit, but... People are, are welcoming people into their community when new housing is built and, and understanding that even if you just want to look at it selfishly, don't we want kids living in our communities? So somebody, don't we want educated kids living in our community? I'll tell you right now, when I'm in the nursing home, I want somebody to be able to do the math on the medication. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> if, you are selfish, aren't you? I mean, that's the most selfish way I can put it. But that, but really, what we want is those enriching relationships throughout our life course, right? right. And yeah, how do we yeah. think about that? And it's not by closing the gates to people who don't have the same kind of money we have or who have kids. It's by um, opening the doors and trying to figure out how to make it a, a, our valley a place where people, people of all incomes can live. It's an, a really articulate expression of why we're looking back 60 years ago, why Community Action is about the 59 years of serving our communities. Yeah. It is just uh, uh, something we all are grateful for. If somebody needs services right. that are offered by Community Action, Pioneer Valley, or uh, in fact knows of somebody who might need those services, how do they get in touch with you? We're, we're on the, uh, we have a website, a Community Action Pioneer Valley, or the acronym is CAPV. They can type that in. They can also go to 413 CARES and look up a service that they think they need, for instance, fuel assistance, and it will take them to us if they live in our area, or they'll take them to Valley Opportunity Council if they live in Hamden County. So that's the way to find our services. Type, or if you just type in Community Action, we're going to pop, pop up. Well, um, we are so grateful to Community Action for, well, 59 years, almost 60 years of serving this region, which we love so much. Claire Higgins, thank you. Thank you. We will be right back. We're going to talk with Amherst Town Manager Paul Bockelman, well, about things Amherst right after this.
This is Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg. 